Hello, Newman. Welcome to the Westchester University Newman Center Podcast, a podcast about nothing. Thomas of Anderson, good to see you again, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great, Father. It's good to be back for week two. I know we had the little unexpected snow squall, I guess you could call it, this morning. I guess it was a little longer than a squall, but a couple hours of snow. Um, but everything was cleared up, and we're able to get this show on the road for week two, so very excited to be back. Absolutely. And as I've come across my priesthood, there is nothing more forceful than the daily mass crowd, particularly the 6.30. I didn't even flinch at the fact that, you know, maybe they won't show up. It's pretty strong storm and, you know, it's early. Nope, they're there because they're the salt of the earth. So uh, shout out to the St. Patrick's Church 6.30 uh, mass crowd. Uh, your dedication doesn't go unnoticed. But uh, I did notice when I came out um, that... You know, the streets were completely covered. It started a little dusting and then just completely over, you know, took it. So uh, that was a lot of fun having to scrape that off. But we can't complain. This is like the second time we've had to shovel snow in like 13 years. So can't complain yeah, at all. Got to break in the, uh, you know, I was getting, you know, an ice scraper every year. It felt like for Christmas I finally had to tell my, tell Santa Claus, like, hey, I think I'm set for life, <laughs> you know, because they haven't had a lot of use, so. It's all, all good things. You got to got to break it out and clear some clear some snow. You know what? Nothing nothing better than that. You know, Fe- I know February was our second snowstorm. Probably, yeah. hopefully, our last one. Probably our last one. Who knows? But yeah, can't can't complain. It's been been pretty light over the past few years. So, one of the things that tells you immediately that you're an adult, not a kid anymore, is as soon as it snows, you don't think, oh, you know, sledding or even school closure, like, I have to drive in that, you know, it's yeah. it's unbelievable uh, how that, you know, happens. Although, although we have had the Newman Center students right out here, Father, having a snowball yeah. fight right now, so, so if I mean, you hear, they, still, they still have that childlike wonder, you know? Yes, I am resisting all dad urge right now to open up the window and say, get off my lawn and pipe down, kids, but I already feel old enough as it is, but hey, when people are having fun, don't, don't get in the way. And speaking of fun... How about Sunday Funday, also known as the Super Bowl? Not a bad game. Started out a little slow, but as a defensive guy, I love that. That was way more exciting uh, than the high-scoring, you know, Super Bowls. So it's a great, a great defensive battle, which I kind of had a feeling uh, it would be. Uh, and then, hey, overtime Super Bowl can't really complain about that. No, it, it was great. Again, yeah, like you said, it started a little. St- well, slowing the scoring the first couple quarters, there was a lot of punts, but there was also some red zone turnovers, which were unexpected and exciting. But, no, it turned out to be a classic, really, and two great teams, and Patrick Mahomes, again, can't count him out, can't bet against him, found a way. Now Super Bowl number three for him. Winners win. It's as simple as that. And now be honest with me. You are a great student of the game, Tommy, but did you know that the Super Bowl rules were different in overtime? As opposed to the regular season, I knew. Well, I knew the playoff rules in OT were different from that Bills Chiefs game. I know that they got that rules that rule change that that crazy game a couple of years ago that the Bills never got a chance to possess the ball, and you knew whoever was going to get the get the um to get the ball on offense was going to win that game. I knew the rules were different. What I wasn't sure about was that when the first overtime, when the clock was winding down in the in the first overtime, I didn't know if it restarted again. 
So that's why I was confused. Like, why are the Chiefs not, like, hurrying up here? Why are they taking their time? And then the announcer said, um, I think Nance said with, like, 20 seconds left, if you're wondering why they're not hurrying up, it's because it just resets like it's the second quarter. Like, they still uh, maintain possession where they are. So then I understood why. And it seemed like the 49ers were confused on that last play. I think they were ready for the Chiefs to kind of run out the quarter, snapped it quickly. Uh, Mahomes' old pal, Michael Cartman, was there. And um, touchdown, and... That was the game, and kind of kind of like an anticlimactic ending. I was waiting for that Kelsey touchdown to win the game for the Taylor Swift celebration. Like, that's what I was envisioning in my head. But, um, and I think that's what uh, CBS was envisioning too. But, you know, we got, we, got, we got an overtime Super Bowl, so you can't complain about the result there. Absolutely. And for me, uh, you know, as now a great sage of the game, I actually was having horrible flashbacks from two previous Eagles Super Bowls, the two Super Bowls, uh, you know, in my lifetime that they've lost. Uh, the first one, obviously, was the immediate one that that play to Hardman was the exact same play they ran against the Eagles yep. last year. So that was a nice uh, piece of sadness to go into my heart. And then the other thing that I was thinking um, as they were slowly marching and almost running out the clock uh, was how things have come full circle because. If anyone listening was alive for you know Super Bowl Thirty Nine, uh, to this day I will never understand that slow drive. If you were watching that game when they were not hurrying up when they were down by ten points and they were just milking the clock, and now we found out you know maybe a player was tired or you know there was something, but it was the most you know not to say it on a Catholic podcast, but it's the most excruciating moment. I can remember as a sports fan, everybody just looking like, are we watching this? And ironic that Andy Reid is now slowly running the clock down, but at this point it's for a good reason. It's taking his time because he can so that they can have the right play call to win the game, and that's why he's a Super Bowl champion multiple times over. That timeout on fourth and one to make sure that they he left the, left the ball in Mahomes' hands the way we talked about that last week – that's just that's why he's a great coach, and take and understanding that he would have deferred the ball, and that even if San Fran would have scored a touchdown, if they scored a touchdown, they were going to go for two, regardless. It's just little things like that add up. That's why he's a great coach. He, sometimes he has weird time management, but he, right now he's he's right there with Belichick. He's right there. Yeah, I, I agree, Father, and I'm sure we could probably talk about football and the Super Bowl for the next ten episodes, but. I know that we have another topic for today's episode that everyone's going to want to hear. So, what's the deal with Lent, Tommy? What is the deal with Lent? I know it's starting tomorrow with Ash Wednesday. By the time this is out, I think we'll already be in the full swing of Lent. Um, so, what is the deal? I mean, I think, out of all people, between you and I, the priest would probably have a better understanding of, of Lent than me. I know... I could give you the Catholic textbook answer, you know, the time of preparation for Jesus' passion, death, and resurrection. Um, and I know it's a time of penance and sacrificing. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into that more into detail, but I don't know if there's anything you want to start off with. Uh, I'll leave that up to you. Well, you can't talk about Lent without talking about Ash Wednesday, and really... You don't talk about Ash Wednesday, honestly, without Fat Tuesday, of course, or Mardi Gras, the appropriate uh, French term for literally Fat Tuesday. And, uh, you know, growing up, obviously, as a kid, 
you know, Fat Tuesday is probably right up there with Halloween as far as like indulging in things. And we probably go over the top, but I remember uh, during this time, you know, we always had <laughs> these donuts, you know, that they would call Foshnots, which are really just donuts without a hole in them. Um, uh, and they were probably the thing I look forward to each and every Fat Tuesday. That was like, if I had, in a, in a funny way, if I had a donut, on Tuesday before, uh, or on Fat Tuesday, I was kind of set for Lent. Like, I wasn't, I couldn't really enter into Lent, this as a kid, you know, until I had uh, just any donut. And it was always the, kind of the plain with the sugar on top, or yeah. the sugar twist. That's, if anybody was wondering, I mean, every donut is my favorite, but that's <laughs> definitely my go-to if it's in a box with other ones. And, you know, you'd have one of those, and then you go into school and have, you know, whatever tradition that, that school had, and then you get ready for uh, Fat Tuesday. Or, excuse me, you get ready for Ash Wednesday. Yeah, I would say my Fat Tuesday experience was pretty similar. We would just go, and again, I know the whole Foshnot Donut thing. I'm like, are they the same? Are they different? I know they're slightly different. Um, but we would always just go with the, the classic donuts. Um, when my dad would pick up a box of uh, Susie Joe Donuts, were our, were our favorite, from, from Bridgeport. Um, shout out to them. Uh we love we love those donuts there. So we would always get a, a dozen of those on um, on Fat Tuesday, and then that's kind of the same thing. You knew, all right, because a lot of times I would give up dessert for Lent or, or sweets for Lent, and that was kind of your, I don't know if you would say your last hurrah, if you will, uh, until until Easter again. So I really again that's that's a memory that I that I've had, and you know again kind of, you know like you said you're you're building up. You know you you need that. You know I think it is a good thing that you know get yourself in the right headspace you know here's your here's your suite and then all right now let's let's really enter into what lent's all about yeah and it has a very pious tradition like it seems like oh man you know how, does it seem hypocritical you know or wednesday you're going to start being holy and you go completely decadent on tuesday and that's not really the case tuesday really was actually you were getting rid of the flowers and the sugars in your house because you're going to do 40 days of extreme you know fasting so and especially as those traditions you know, grew over, people didn't have the resources of food like we have today. So it was really, you know, it was an extra special treat. They probably weren't necessarily stuffing themselves as they were just probably saving it, you know, for a good time. And then that brings in to the tradition of the king cake, which is in honor of the epiphany and the wise man. And it was always kind of, though, I'll be honest, even though it, it is a, you know, Christ-centered thing, um, that... When you cut into this king cake, there's a plastic toy or plastic baby inside of it, which, you know, I guess if you get that, it's good luck or whatever. I don't have a, you know. Yeah, I never, I never, I never heard of <laughs> Louisiana, that before. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, you see them in stores now. They do sell them. It's uh, some type of pastry, sugar confection thing. I'm, look, I'm not an expert. If, it, if we're talking about the four pastas of Rome, I'll break it down <laughs> chemically from start to finish. But, you know, I'll leave that for... Uh, you know, Louisiana or for New Orleans. So that was always kind of the, um, you know, tradition. It was, you get that fosh knot and then you keep going. Um, and then as far as, obviously, Ash Wednesday, the thing people want to know immediately is, well, what are you giving up? And, you know, from my seminary experience, you kind of learned that, you know, it's not really about that and you try not to make that the focus, but, you know, people... You know, people may not ever go to Mass on Sunday, 
but boy, will they stick to, and this isn't a judgment on anybody, but, you know, they will stick to a Lenten penance, and, you know, they will make sure to get, you know, ashes on Ash Wednesday, which is great. And, by the way, at Newman Center, we do, we will have a full slate tomorrow uh, for our 12, 430, and seven services of Mass. But, you know, it's something that people really, you know, still focus on. And I actually think that's a positive thing, you know, in a world that's obviously not necessarily open to God at times, you know, people absolutely do still kind of go all in on this tradition. No, I agree. I know I know some people as well um, that maybe not aren't the uh, every Sunday mass goers, but if it's a Friday and Lent, they won't, they won't eat meat still. So it's just, I don't know if it's just routine or just something they want to stick to, but I mean, it is definitely is, definitely is a good thing. Um, so it is, it is good to see, but it's good to shout out the, uh, the Newman uh, Ash Wednesday services. I'll be, I'll be hitting up one of them. I'm not sure which one yet, but right, well, keep me in suspense there. Yeah. Okay. Like, which one is, which penance service is Tommy Anderson going to go to at the Newman center? Well, you're famous now with your podcast. People are going to want to know, so they might be tracking you. They could be. You yeah. have to make sure to send out a tweet, you know, hashtag as they would say. Uh, that was, I don't use the word cringe a lot because it's already been overused, yeah. but I'm never a fan of the hashtag. I, I didn't even. I feel like that was very big in like 2013. Oh, would you like post your ashes? Or yeah, like, okay, okay. And okay. then hashtag. But okay. like nobody, I mean, even with X the way it is now, people don't even really use yeah, that for hashtags that, yeah, that much anymore, to be like so. On. Snapchat or something, yeah. but sound like geezers. <laughs> um, on those social media apps, you know, all those kids have these days. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it was, you know, but when you're a kid, you know, Ash Wednesday is kind of like a. You you appreciate it, you know it's important, but you maybe not, you know, you don't like it. And I remember we had in our traditional Catholic family, you know, we had our Latin penance, and it was. Uh, not really optional. Like, we were given a penance because, you know, that's what parents are supposed to do, uh, you know, as far as, it, you know, disciplining, you know, yourself for your faith. And ours was very simple. It was no cable, video games, you know, no TV, no anything, no computer, nothing during Lent. So, you know, my mom even, uh, my parents, I should say, I don't want to blame it all on mom because I know she's going to be listening to this. Uh, the faithful subs- podcast subscriber, Noreen Kavara out there. But, you know, it was, you just take the cable box away and, you know, when uh, March Madness came on, it was, oh, well, just follow it. <laughs> You're going to have to hear about it from, you know, your friends at school or obviously another way. But that was, you know, always fun. But the one thing we were allowed to watch was this one uh, movie that was made in the 70s. It's called Jesus of Nazareth by Franco Zaffarelli. A very famous movie. In fact, there's an image that if you... Are, there's an image of Robert Powell who played Jesus Christ that if you see it, people always immediately associate him with Christ. And he did a he was an English actor and he did a great job uh, with the role, one of the more famous roles, you know, up there with you know Caviezel from The Passion of the Christ. And it was amazing. We'd watched it so many times because it was the only thing we were allowed to watch. We actually had the movie memorized. And this is like a, I think it's like a nine hour movie. Like it's broken down into three, you know. I think it was broken. Yeah, it was broken down into three parts. Like the, the chosen before its time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the chosen can't hold a. Can- I'm probably gonna get hate mail for this. The chosen can't hold a candle to Franco Zeffirelli's Jesus Nazareth. I'll put it up against it any day. And it was funny because you know during that time in the 70s, you had different interpretations of you know Christ, you have Jesus Christ Superstar, and Godspell. This was just a very straightforward. They were they were very 
very, very accurate to it. It wasn't even, you know, they didn't add any extra great effects or anything. And that's kind of what made it really real. And, like, I remember as a kid thinking, like, I, I actually thought that was Jesus. Like, that's how good of a job they did. Um, in fact, Robert Power, who played Jesus, did such a great job that the staff or the people on set, when he would walk on set dressed as Jesus, they would stop cursing or using profanity. Like, that's how well he sold that part. Wow, that's pretty... I, I never... I didn't even know. I heard of The Passion. I never heard of, of, of that version. I might have to take a look at that, and I don't know. Maybe throughout my my Lent, I'll be able to watch the nine hours. That might be a, might be a good idea. But I only know, again, I can't. I haven't seen it, so I can't compare it to the chosen. But I would just, I don't know. I was kind of comparing to like what the the modern day person or listener might be might be inclined to to call it. But yeah, no, it's that that's good. Uh, it was a very um the Kavara household was run tight ship during Lent. No, that was um. Hey, you don't and, get and, two and, priests. And you, got two, I was saying, you, got, you got you got two priests out of it, so. <laughs> You know that's that's great. So, but yeah, and I just I I'll always remember like for the rest of my life. Like whenever I th- watch that movie, I can immediately like teleport back, you know, to that time. So any traditions or as far as and now that was the you know actual voluntold you know penance. When I think of my own, um, yeah, I think it was always. I think my goal was always to try to read a different book of scripture. Throughout the 40 days, you know, like if you want to do the gospel more, that's probably the easiest one. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was always kind of the go-to for a while. And But, like, I never <laughs> I never was able to, like, give up, you know, chocolate or anything like that because I never understood the point of just being in a bad mood for that. Because <laughs> then all you did was think about yeah. that, you know, thing that you gave up. And then I'm like, well, why did I give that up? Like, why would I give up coffee? Like, why would I want to irritate everybody <laughs> around me, you know? Yeah, I'm hard enough to be around, <laughs> let alone when I'm going through a caffeine withdrawal. So, no, that's funny. Now, I think, um, yeah, growing up, I would always typically give up, you know, d- desserts. I would, kind of going back to uh, last week's episode, I, wings are up there with my favorite food. And I would eat wings a good amount. So sometimes I would give up wings for Lent. More recent, maybe, uh, teenager years, maybe that would be what I gave up. But now I'm really trying to get more into like. You know, like why are we giving up? And I'd always give up something, um, and that might be the only thing that I would do. But now I'm really trying to get more into, you know, maybe like more into my prayer life, more into, you know, reading scripture, reading other religious books. Like, because I, one of the things that I'm like going to severely limit during like Lent is the use of my social media time. Um, I know that's something that I can just can get out of hand. And I think not just giving that up, but also how, how do I fill that time with something else? And instead of filling it with Again, it's something else that isn't really going to be sacrificial or beneficial to me. Um, if it's just like, oh, I'm going to go watch TV instead. Like, no, maybe I'll read this book or read this, uh, go through this gospel. And I think, you know, it's kind of really taking it, yeah, it's great to give something up and we should. But also, you know, what else are we doing to try to prepare for, for Jesus' crucifixion? So that's kind of, as I've matured and gotten older, I know, oh, it's just the time we can't eat desserts, like, because Jesus is dying. Like, now it's more, okay, that there's more to it. And I think as you, as you get older, you're able to see that more, which is which is cool. So yeah, it's going to be, I mean, definitely might be a, a challenge. And I know there's going to be um, some days where I really want to, I'll check this or I really want to, because I am also still giving up desserts. So I really, I really want this, whatever. This looks great. But, you know, just understanding why I'm doing it. And I think in the long run, it'll it'll definitely be good 
Well, it'll be good for my physical health as well, but also for my faith. Absolutely. So one of the things that I think people sometimes, including myself, can lose sight of, you know, during the season is like, what's the point? Kind of like, yeah. you know, it's why each episode of this podcast is what's the deal with this, what's the deal with that. And the whole idea is that you got to have some type of intentionality in the things that you do. So, you know, when you think of Lent, though, it's, you know, fasting, penance, abstinence, and ultimately there's a part of that, and it's almsgiving. And that's why one of the things that always kind of goes hand in hand with Lent or the things that you always see along with ashes is the, you know, CRS, Catholic Relief Services, Rice Bowls. That was always one of the things you saw those out. I know at Archbishop Carroll we had... Uh, we always had them passed out. I know I always would get a box of them and I would send them to the teachers and then, you know, I'd almost almost forget about it. Not, you know, myself, but, you know, you'd come at the end of Easter break or people, the students would come back from Easter break and they would kind of drop off those boxes uh, in your office. But, you know, that's always a great tradition. And that's sometimes a part of Lent that people can forget that, it's not simply always focused on us. In fact, the whole point of Lent is to stop thinking about yourself. You know, the ashes is, is a symbol of, like, no matter what you do to yourself, like, no matter how much you try to upkeep yourself, which you should, like, you're dust. Like, there's a finality to this. Um, and you don't want to waste any time. And just almsgiving is a big part of that, you know, especially during this time, you know, whether it's helping with a rice bowl, whether it's making sandwiches, uh, as some of the students did on Friday, which was a great thing to see. Uh, I know we did that also at Carroll. You know, it doesn't have to be a big form of almsgiving that you have to do. It's just to get you in the mind frame that there are other people and everything isn't revolving around you. And it's funny because even sometimes with the Ash Wednesday, you know, cross, in fact, I know we had a question asked earlier, how long do you have to keep the ashes on your forehead and everything like that? And I always try to remind people first, and it's not to dismiss the sacramental, because it is a sacramental. Uh, it's very different, though, I think people sometimes forget from the Eucharist. Very different. The Eucharist confers grace, is a sacrament, you know. The ashes are simply, a, you know, they're a symbol, mm -hmm. you know, that remind us, hey, we're entering into a different time. So if you had ashes and accidentally wiped your... I remember thinking that, oh, that was a sin. Yeah. You know, if I accidentally touched my ashes, like, they're not, they're not, you know, these perfect things. At the end of the day, they are blessed, but they're burnt palms, all right, so any of those, any people out there that ever feel bad about, oh, I accidentally wiped, no, I wiped the ashes off of my head, that's never a problem. And I was never a problem for me because I always played sports year-round. So there was many times I get ashes and, you know, by, as soon as I go to practice, they're already wiped off. Yeah, or, you know, gym class, they would be, you know, you'd sweat it off and have to wipe them off. So no, have no fear. You don't, you keep it on, you know, as long as you. Well, you also don't have to receive them. It's also, you know. Yeah, I think that's a, a misconception, too, with, um, like, people. I think people think, like, Ash, I think Ash Wednesdays, I mean, you might know this, like, after, like, Christmas and Easter, I think Ash Wednesday is, like, the most attended service. It is. Like, like, like yeah. so I think people think it's, like, not that, like, an obligation, like, every Sunday is an obligation, but it's, like, it's actually op optional. People are like, oh, really? It is? I'm like, no, it is. So, mm -hmm. um I mean, definitely, definitely go, but still, it's. I think yeah, people don't realize you don't have to receive ashes. Absolutely, yeah. um, but it, you know, and then it becomes you know, you'll see on TV there'll be politicians with them. Marky Mark, Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> uh, is notorious for you know, getting ashes and taking pictures, which is fine. It's 
it's a great way to uh, it's a great way to evangelize. But you know, always remember, and I always counsel people, you know, there's it's not about the ashes themselves. It's about the symbol that they give. That hey, something I have to prepare myself, you know, because I'm not going to be around forever, and that at some point I'm going to be just like those ashes on my forehead. Mm. And you know, you want to make sure that you live your life in according to that cross that's on your forehead as well. I don't think I ever, if somebody asked me the reason why, I don't think I would have been able to give an accurate answer. So I, I don't know what I would have said, but now I, now you well, clarify. So you're, you're educating me as yeah. well. So getting something out of that <laughs> wonderful St. Charles Barmeau seminary, seminary education. And I do mean that in a sincere way. So I always wonder, you know, when, when we come out of the seminary, you wonder, you know, it's eight years of studying, you know, did I learn anything? And I've been very reassured that I'm like, I really did learn more than I even realized. So uh, it's amazing how things, you know, you'll be in a class, six, you know, six years ago. Like, oh, yeah, that's, I do remember that now. So um, last kind of point to talk about around this up to kind of set this up for next week is obviously Ash Wednesday is big. But something that's almost equally as big are the Fridays. During Lent. Now, up until really post Vatican II, uh, you know, you never had meat on Fridays. You really didn't have meat actually that often. Um, but you you'd never ate meat on Fridays. Like the fillet of fish from McDonald's was or was a big popular thing even before, you know, Fridays during Lent. Um, but it's it is amazing, and I wonder if you're willing to admit: was there ever a time where you forgot that it was Friday. Not that this is a confession. Yeah, no. Um, because it's not the end of the world if you honestly forget and yes. you have it. But no, I, there there had there has to have been, and I'm trying to think. There's one that I remember. It was one of those things where I gave up. I remember an instance where I gave up desserts, and I remember I, I had a, I had an ice cream sundae. It didn't even cross my mind until like the next day. I'm like, oh my gosh, I had an ice cream sundae. But then I I, I feel like there had to be something. I can't remember an instance, but I, I would not be surprised if there was a time where, oh, oh, oh it was a Friday, I forgot. And I know, I think that's something, too. Oh, my gosh, like, you feel so bad. But I think sometimes, if I had done that before, um, I, I don't know, I would just be like, okay, this next, this, if it's Friday, Saturday, I won't eat meat. <laughs> like, just to try, I mean, not that, I don't even think you need to do that, but that was just something that I, I think I, I would have done. But I'm, I, would, I would have to guess there was a time that, that had slipped my mind, even though not, now I'm pretty pretty anal about it but i feel like before it might have been uh sometimes it might have slipped my mind yeah. there was i and i actually out of all the times that i broke it i didn't break it uh in my normal you know my normal years where i was ontologically changed as a priest forever no it was actually in my priesthood that i ate meat for the first time and i just remember thinking like uh all those years down the drain like it was like this great streak like dimaggio's hit streak you know <laughs> finally snapped or the cavaliers win streak that was snapped yeah. the other night shout out to our uh sixers who are a little bit short-handed right now but <laughs> the way it happened was i was actually i was at my first assignment saint anselm and we were going it was a friday during lent which i don't know why i was doing a youth event on a friday during lent but we were going ice skating of all things and uh, I that morning, I don't know why, probably because it's my favorite thing, I had a bagel sizzly with sausage on it. And the funny thing was you could have gotten one without it. Yeah. But I ate it that morning, never thought of it until <laughs> we were riding back from going ice skating at this youth group, and uh, one of the adult helpers said, oh, yeah, like I was 
I had a tuna fish sandwich today, and it was like, you know, it was really good because I really wanted the sizzy, and then I just realized, oh no, <laughs> oh no. All for a bagel, bacon, egg, and cheese sizzling. And you're leading the youth, you know? Yeah, I'm like, what kind of example am I? I was just like, just let me off on this bus, I'll walk home. But I don't forget it, it was just like, oh, it was terrible. But at the same time, not that I had to pat myself and say, Mark, it's going to be okay. I was like, well, that is actually the point of why we do it, that you have that recognition. So if you've ever been in that position where, yeah, you accidentally ate meat, well, it's good that you had an awareness. People some will eat it and not even think twice. Yeah. Like, oh, I would, what, it's a, you know, what is that, a superstition? Like, if it causes you, if you do, you know, eat meat by accident and you're like, like, that's good that you have that awareness. Like, it's not great that it happened, but at least it's do, it's serving its purpose. Yeah. Like, I remember even there was a priest, and I won't shout out his name, um, but was a big Phillies fan and wanted to celebrate Phillies opening day. So they got some pizzas. It was great. You know, hey, you know, you don't get that many, you know, joyful days during Lent. Opening day is, you know, one of them. And it's like, all right, we're going to get some pizzas for the guys or whatever. Uh, this is in the seminary. Um, and one of them, half of them were pepperoni. And I didn't, like, realize it at the time. I thought maybe I was the one that was wrong. Yeah. So I was like, I just didn't say anything. I'm like, oh, nice. With, uh, and they had already eaten it. And they were like, oh, nice job with the pepperonis. And they all just were like, Oh, wait. So it even happens in the seminary. And it's not the end of the world. So you, guys are hu- you guys are human. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's perfectly fine. But at the same time, do your best. Don't eat meat. Think of a nice way that you can uh, grow in your love of Christ during this season. That's like If you give something up for 40 days and you didn't improve your relationship with Jesus Christ, then that was worthless, quite frankly. But you know, even if you struggle with dependence... And that, but it helped you think of Christ, then it was a success. Because all we're trying to do, uh, not only in our faith, but particularly during the season, is just stop thinking about yourself. Think of others. And there's so many ways to do that. Giving, alms, fasting, whatever you can do. Do whatever you need to do that will help you think of others. And that, Tommy, is that's the deal with Lent. Thank you, Father. Uh, great way to wrap it up. And... I know, I know you're going to have your, your closing line, but uh, I, feel like I, I feel like I've learned a lot as well, and I wish you a great Lent, and I'm excited for these, I don't know if you're excited for Lent, but I, I'm looking forward to growing um, in these next, these next 40 days, and of course, Jesus' triumphant resurrection on Easter Sunday. I don't know about you, but I've, I've always seen that excitement, enthusiasm, and Kavar go hand in hand, so <laughs> as always, my friends, this has been pleasant and professional. God bless.